Welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. I'm in Salt Lake City, Taylorsville, technically, in Utah, and I'm at the Peel household, and they're going to help introduce an episode that I recorded actually early with a a member of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Taylorsville, uh, Barb Munoz, and uh, we had a very interesting conversation about politics in the church, and so you're going to want to uh, uh, listen to the rest of the uh, this episode is going to be great, but let's be honest, the highlight of this episode is going to be the Peel Girls. So uh, those who have been listening know Pastor Tyler Peel. He's been on a few times, and um, he has four daughters, and those four daughters are going to help us introduce this episode, and we're going to do a free-for-all here, too, um, as we as we get ready to go into the main topic. So each of you are going to say hi, and we're going to go in order of importance. So who's the most important? Me. Okay. We're just going to go with, with the order of birth then. So Cassie, tell us your full name My and name. what grade you're in. And also, I want to hear your middle name and I want you to say, I like my middle name or I don't like it. Um, my name is Cassandra Lee Peel and I'm in seventh grade at Prince of Peace Lutheran School. And I do like my middle name because... And, and it's Lee, like L-E-I-G... No, L-E-E. L-E-E, okay. That's yeah. Interesting. All right. Is that named after anybody in your family? Or? Uh, My grandma, both of my grandmas have it as their middle name, too. Oh, very cool. All right. Which, we have twins, actually, we should say. Uh, Chloe and Callie, which one's older? Chloe. Chloe. Okay, Chloe, tell us all about yourself. Um, My name is Chloe Lynn Peel, and I am in fifth grade and I like my middle name actually. And, and who are you named after? Um, aunt, my aunt. Very nice. All right. And you have a twin sister? Yes. All right. And you do look different. You guys are not the exact. You're not like identical, right? No. No. Are you identical, like personality-wise? You're basically the same person, right? No. no. Not at all. No. Are you like complete opposites? Kind yes. of. But do you love each other and still get along? Sometimes. Sometimes. No. <laughs> all right, Callie, tell, tell us your full name and your grade and all that good stuff. My name is Callie Marie Peel. I'm in fifth grade, and I like my middle name. Do you? Are you named after anybody? Uh, I think one of my aunts. Okay. Mom. And my mom. Okay. And uh, what's your mom's full name? Um, Jill Marie Peel. Yeah, she doesn't get any get any love Tyler's been on a few times and now we have our daughters and then that's it there's no more children right no there's Kenzie oh there's Kenzie okay Kenzie what's your full name um Kenzie Grace Peel and I'm in kindergarten and I do not like my middle name you don't you know what I have a daughter my youngest Sophia and her name means Grace it's Karis and she doesn't like her middle name uh, she goes back and forth, but for a while, when she was your age, she hated it. In fact, she said, my middle name's not Karas, it's Christmas. Because <laughs> it sounded like that, and she didn't want to. She didn't want that. So, But Grace is a good thing. It's kind of a cool name. I think you'll like it eventually. And where do you go to school to, in kindergarten? Um, Prince of Peace. Yeah, and do you like it there? Yeah. Do you? Excellent. All right, so we've been uh, talking about a topic for a couple days now, and we decided upon this topic. What is one skill or something you want really, 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 really want to do and you would be willing to cut off like your left thumb 
if you could have this ability. I'll start off and then we'll go around and, and say, what do you really, really, really want that you'd be willing to lose your left thumb? Mine would be music ability. I'm really terrible at music. And I would be able, I would give up a lot so that I could play the piano. That's not going to... That doesn't that's, work. That's not going to work very well yeah. with only, I could do it, but it, you know, so, but musical ability, that's what I'm missing. And then I'm jealous of people that have that musical ability and I would give up a lot for it. So Cassie, what would you, what would you, what would, what, what do you want that you would be willing to give up a lot for? Um, I really want to be a morning person because I'm really just not, I just love to sleep. And sometimes that's not good. <laughs> really? That's the one, that's the one skill. Like you, you know how to do everything else. And you're like, I just wish I would get up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it would be easier to get up. It'd be more productive. All right. How about this? How about, what would be the second thing? Like what skill, like, oh, really being really athletic or something um, like that. I wish I could be really flexible. That's a good one. And be able to like balance and like balance more because I can balance but not like really great and I wish I can do gymnastics really well that would be cool that would be cool all right Chloe oh I would probably want to be better at long distance running because I cannot run for a long time probably like are you fast like for like short sprints and stuff like that yeah like short not not long and you your guys are pretty athletic tell us about the basketball game you had what was the final score of the basketball game today 14 to 8 14 to 8 and the and you guys won yes and the the peel twins scored how many together Eight. eight which that's over half of the team's points right yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right? So you guys are pretty good at basketball? Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. All right. Callie? Um, I would want to be better at drawing because I'm not a very good drawer. Like, what would you like? Like, what, where do you, what things are difficult to draw for you? Like anything. But like, a lot of people have problems like drawing faces or people. Like, Is that where? Like faces. Mostly faces and like when people are in a pose, like, like I can draw them just standing still, but Mm -hmm. like when they're in like a different, like an action, then I can't really do it. That's a little bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And animals. Yeah. Artistic ability. That would be one. I bet a lot of people would say I'd give up a lot for that. All right. Kenzaru, what, what do you really, really want to do that you don't do very well, but you would love to be able to do well? Um, clean. (laughs) <laughs> you're not very good at cleaning no and do you get a little grief from your sisters for not being very good at cleaning yes yeah what else what what else would you would you want to be better at um drawing drawing yeah i thought you for a second there said trolling like on the <laughs> internet and um you know who's really good at that so wait dr wade johnston you, do you guys remember wade Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good at trolling at, at that kind of stuff. So, but I wouldn't I wouldn't give up anything for that. So, yeah. All right, we're gonna do a lightning round now. Okay, so real quick, you have to tell me if you could go visit one place in the world, where would it be? Bora Bora, Jamaica, Paris, um, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> so the the Peel family used to live in Nebraska. Do you miss Nebraska a little bit? Yeah, we miss. Uh, we used to live in a similar situation in Minnesota, and we kind of miss that rural that rural place too. So, okay, if you um, 
were able to go to any college, what college would it be? MLC. Martin Luther College in New Ulm. Yeah. Okay. MLC. All right. MLC. Yeah. Um, MLC. Okay. Those are fine answers. What's your second choice? <clears throat> WLC. <laughs> Correct answer. WLC. 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 What if you got into a really fancy college like Harvard? Would you still want to go to Wisconsin Lutheran College? Yes. No. Wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, Wh- I would not want to go to no. Harvard. You wouldn't want, why would you want to go to Wisconsin Lutheran College? Because you're there. Oh, that was the cr- also the correct answer. I appreciate <laughs> that. Okay, last question. Really quick. Um, um, if you had a million dollars, what is the first thing you would do? Buy a mansion. Mm. Mm. Buy a mansion, too. Would you guys live in the same mansion, you twins? No. no. Yeah, so there would be two mansions? Yes. Maybe next door, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. Right. Well, I wouldn't need a mansion because they already have two, so I'd probably just end up giving it all away. Excellent answer. If you had a million dollars, Kenzie, what's the first thing you would do? Buy a lot of toys. Yeah. Would you get your own hoverboard so you wouldn't have to share? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be the first thing you would buy. All right. Thank you very much, Peel Girls. This was a good uh, free for all. But before we go, Chloe's going to read our disclaimer. This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So so approach what you hear with, with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you are just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. We're here for our main topic, and as I said before, uh, we're happy to have Barb here. Barb, why don't you explain yourself? Oh, gosh. That's, that's a good way to say it. Like, don't say something, don't say something about yourself. Explain yourself, Barb. Explain yourself. <laughs> well, we can start with um, that the last time you were here in Utah, uh, and I don't know if this was your first visit. Was that your first visit to our great state? No, I had been here as a child, and in fact, I had been in this church because my uncle was a pastor here oh. probably late 80s, I want to say, maybe okay. mid-80s, but yes, I've been to Utah before, but okay. at first time as an adult with my with my family. Welcome back. Um, so I had, I had uh, certainly listened to the podcast before and consider myself uh, sort of a novice theological nerd. Um, actually came from LCMS, full disclosure, and I'm, I'm new to the Wells, which actually is part of my story. Um, but, uh, I met Dr. Berg. Should we, should I call you Dr. Berg? Mike's do you, do you fine. like Mike? Okay. Mike's fine. I had met Mike. Um, and instantly this tells you a little bit about my personality, uh, upon meeting him, harassed him into, 
uh, letting me be a part of the podcast. So does, I don't know if that just tells you enough about me yeah, that right means, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and my personality was like, all right, okay. I love it. All right, let's do it. I'm going to be back in Utah. We'll just put you in front of the microphone. I'm, I'm sure this is the entire reason you actually came back. It was, it was. Yeah, it was like, this is an intriguing topic. So um, uh, I am in my early 40s. I've lived in Utah almost my entire life, born in Wyoming, but that barely counts. Uh, it's like a suburb of Utah. Don't, don't tell Wyoming <laughs> I said that. Um, and grew up in the LCMS Lutheran school system and uh, what preschool, grade school, high school, the whole thing, uh, continued to be active, but um, found myself through life circumstances um, just actually getting more politically involved, uh, both through my work and through personal life. And um, there's all kinds of background story, but the, the question that I, I proposed to Mike was, can you be a Democrat and a faithful member of the Wells Synod? Mm-hmm. And that thus began our journey. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much you, else you want me to add to that or just sure. dive right into Well, the maybe g- give, give a little bit of like, okay, um, well, your radio history, something personal about you. Sure. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Sure. So, well, a little bit, let me back up even before that, um, sort of where my political convictions began, although I, I wouldn't have known it then. Um, my family, uh, I mentioned being from Wyoming, parents were the perfect... 60s small town couple dad served in the military he became a high school teacher and eventually a guidance counselor mom was a nurse by training then became a stay-at-home parent um went to tupperware parties and hosted sorority parties a member of northern star dad was a member of the elks lodge the whole thing um and he started to develop symptoms um that looked like multiple sclerosis back in the late seventies, shortly after I was born, um, and was diagnosed after about three years. It was, it was hard to diagnose MS back then. And he had quite a severe case of it, um, that it's referred to as primary progressive. And he became quite ill, quite sick, was paralyzed within about five years of diagnosis. And my mom with her nursing training was faced with the question, do I put my husband in his mid-40s in a nursing home or do I take care of him at home? She decided to do that, and we were very fortunate that there were safety net programs. He had served in the military. Um, he was eligible for Social Security benefits, had some pension from, from teaching, um, and we had, um, we had medical benefits for him, but not for the family. And so I found out what it was like to grow up um, a bit, um, a bit, a bit poor, we'll mm-hmm. say, um, we had government cheese and chip beef and cans and, uh, and things like that. Um, but my mom, she was, a, she was kind of an open book. Uh, I think she didn't want to stress this out too much, but she wore it on her face uh, mm-hmm. and, and on her sleeve that things were hard. And so I knew that every time one of us sneezed, she gripped her pocketbook and wondered, where's this going to go? And thank God that we were a relatively healthy lot um, because everything that she paid for in healthcare was out of her pocket. So we talked a lot about the politics of the 80s and trickle down economics, and she didn't see it really trickling down. Um, and so I, I, that began my journey of um, 
really understanding what it meant to be a family that struggled without something that maybe other families took for granted. Um, and I actually, I ended up in radio, which was uh, commercial radio, just talking about you um, 2 and Sting, and uh, that dates me a little bit. Um, <laughs> That's all right. It, date, it dates me too. Yeah. <laughs> loved the uh, loved the alternative new wave '80s stuff, um, which was not a terribly uh, uh, altruistic career, uh, as it were. Um, although it has its own value, certainly. Mm-hmm. And um, but eventually ended up in um, in in jobs that had to do more with policy and advocacy, particularly for safety net programs. Um, so I have a master's degree in public policy, which means that my job and my brain tend to think very, uh, politically and sort of the big picture in terms of, um, American politics. And, um, we, uh, as I mentioned, grew up in the LCMS church and my husband was raised Roman Catholic, but became LCMS, uh, because, when we were dating, I said, well, I got to go to church with my husband. So if you want to get married, <laughs> here's, here's the deal, buddy. <laughs> and I don't think I could make, I couldn't make a very good Catholic, which still, which still today is, uh, uh the Lutheran's best evangelism tactic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a catch. So therefore, um, it seemed to work and, uh, he seemed to like what he, what he learned, certainly, uh, taking classes at our church. But, uh, when, when we started looking into our congregation here at Prince of Peace in Taylorsville, Utah, uh, one of the jokes was I, I got to know Pastor Noah Bader first and, and had a, a lovely time getting to know him. And um, when we eventually started looking at actually joining the church, uh, my husband and I being a bit more left of center, my husband even maybe more so than I am, we both said, oh, can we go even more right in terms of church, when we seem to be moving more left in terms of our our politics, and um, but but getting to know Pastor Bader and then meeting Pastor Mitchell, and they're both just such marvelous uh, human beings, let alone wonderful pastors. And um, we we I had discussed politics quite a bit with Pastor Bader, and uh, but even more, we, we we decided we had to we walked in to meet Pastor Mitchell and talk about joining, and we said we we have to let you know something and sort of solemnly and said, <laughs> we're Democrats. <laughs> so we're Democrats in Utah yeah. and we're Wells Lutherans in Utah. Yeah. And those are both very specific decisions, <laughs> right? Those are like cognitive. <laughs> I thought about this. Yeah. Yes. So that's a little bit about my background. Maybe more than you need to know, maybe not enough. And, um, and, and we're not, you're not, bashing on the Missouri Synod or whatever, just no, circumstances not, not, with in congregations. And, and quite frankly, it's not fair, but it, it, it's the, the church sign on the front lawn has less to do more and more with the content of what you're going to get and the type of people that you're going to, as much as Agreed. the personality as the pastor, which is a little dangerous. Um, but it is what it, what it is. And so, uh, you know, we've talked about your move from, from one congregation to, to another and, um, Maybe let's just say we don't need to get into details, I suppose, as much as as little as you want. But um, from the pulpit, some political messages that were unnecessary to the proclamation of the gospel. Yes. And that would have were were maybe not even though 
we may would agree, some of us would agree with that political message. It was not the right place and it was not nuanced enough. I would absolutely agree not, with that. Not nuanced enough and easy for a pastor who is so careful with saying the right thing theologically that that can be so unnuanced and so sloppy and political stuff without thinking the ramifications that there might be somebody else out there who's not just going to nod their heads. So not appreciating people can have different political views. And if you are going to say something political, you better have your facts straight. And maybe the pulpit's not the place to do it in the first place. Is that kind I, of a good accurate? That is a, a yeah. very accurate. And and I think, although um, although I mentioned, and um, what Mike's referring to is actually something that I, I wrote to him in an email. Uh, and it certainly wasn't any kind of a devastating moment. It no, was just no. sort of a, okay, uh, this is not the right, this particular place is not the right place. But, you know, the, the reason I brought the question up in the first place is... Um, it's great timing as you are here to talk. You just finished hosting this fantastic workshop about vocation and um, thinking about the little visual Venn diagram in my head of how these things intersect and overlap. And um, I, I've had a, a, an interesting conversation when, when you are, certainly when you are active in either of the two political main political parties or one of the smaller um, you're always going to be thinking about how your um, philosophical, spiritual, religious faith bent affects your uh, view of the world. And I think um, some people have sort of uh, intimated to me that they are surprised that I would be sort of part of this old timey Lutheran church and have slightly more uh, progressive views on, on certain things, particularly uh, pertaining to the safety net. Uh, and, and I've decided that I, I feel like actually th these things are important to me because I'm a Christian, not in spite of it. Mm -hmm. um, all that said, uh, I, it, it is difficult. Um, I was just mentioning to another congregation member that in this pervasive world of Facebook and Twitter, um, good, bad, or otherwise, those things are a little bit of a, my job to be uh, informed of, of what's happening in, in social media. There are these groups that exist. I'm sure that you're aware of them. There are different groups that are Wells groups, and there's probably shouldn't out them, but there is a Wells Democrat Facebook group. Um, <laughs> don't tell them I told. Fake news. <laughs> And there are other groups. There's some Wells discussion groups, and, and uh, I, I have dabbled in each of them. And each of them has, uh, even the ones that don't uh, at the outset seem to be politically aligned, there is always uh, politics injected mm -hmm. into posts at one time or another. Um, and, and I think that... Um, it's becoming increasingly difficult. I, I feel like, it, and um, just to to bring my, my poor husband into it, uh, one of the things that we've talked about a bit in the last, particularly in the last 10 years, is he feels like um, we're constantly having to defend being Christian, that, um, that things are so portrayed as being so extreme in the news that they're, the nuance is lost that if you are Christian, it means that you are therefore 
bigoted, correct, whatever it is going to be. Um, that you are, uh, yes, <laughs> all of misogynistic. The... <laughs> just add, add the description there. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> yeah, and I think I think that's so frustrating on a lot of different levels because for one, and it's both sides. Yeah, you know, and so we we have a black and white. You know, just the fact that you have to be—you seem to have to be Democrat or Republican, as if there was no nuance there. As if I can pick, you know, I really like this about the Democratic Party, but I really like this about the Republican Party, and and that somehow, um, if I'm on Team A, I better be on Team A, right, all the way, and that that's of course very dangerous. But <clears throat> and and of course it's on both sides. I, um, you know, and and the 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 idea can I be. Um, uh, confessional conservative, I don't like the word conservative, but confessional Lutheran and still be a Democrat. That actually was a paper idea that was presented to Wade, our co-host. Like they're like, we should actually think about this. Do it, Wade. And and uh, <laughs> and and he wrote it. And I think he, if I remember correctly, he's like, I'm just gonna say yes, period, and that would be it. <laughs> like duh. But the funny thing is, so <clears throat> I had some of my my high school years were in Michigan, and I have some roots in Michigan and uh, so does our co-host Wade and, uh, and pastor Peel here who brought me out here and um, being a Democrat in Michigan. Um, that was a very, of course, normal thing because of the strong union presence there. And, and I, when I got to college that our college professor posed that question, can you, I mean, it was a discussion question, you know, to get us thinking, can you be, can you be, a Democrat and a Wisconsin Synod Lutheran, and, and they're thinking through the lens of one thing, which is pro-life, of course. Yeah. You know, and if they admit a Protestant work ethic, but I don't think it's a little too complicated to, to get into. And I raised my hand and I said, listen, in Michigan, it's a whole different story. It's a different Democratic Party, maybe, but not, no, not, not that. It's that they may be pro-life, but they also are pro-decency for workers. Not that kind of an awkward phrase but and so just hold on for a second just because i take this moral thing over here and i say absolutely and that means i'm aligned with republican party doesn't mean that the people are saying there's also moral things on the left that you have ignored and we can get into a spitting contest about which one's more important but um i don't think that's really helpful and so for a staunchly Republican Wisconsin Synod person to say, how could you ever be a Democrat? Well, you start listing off all the things that have been ignored by the conservative um, parties in the history of Western civilization. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I haven't thought about that way. And um, it's too bad that the one place where we really should be open-minded like that and not afraid of the truth, the church, sometimes we're not. But, yeah. I think, and I wanted to bring up, and it's great timing for you to be out here because God's funny like that. Um, so Utah was one of the, uh, about half of the states that decided not to expand Medicaid coverage to... Um, those under it's the, the cutoff limit is 138% of poverty. Um, which just to give a little perspective, um, right now a family of four making 20,000 a year is a hundred percent of poverty. And I think when you stop and think about trying to support four people on 20,000 a year, uh, that, 
it's actually uh, right. Our minimum wage working 40 hours a week. If you had two parents, one parent working 40 hours a week on minimum wage, they would still not be. It's 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 unreal to think about uh, the numbers of that. Um, so 138 percent of that uh, of that line is is where they were um, going to expand Medicaid coverage under the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, whichever you prefer. Um, so states were given the choice by the Supreme Court whether or not to expand that coverage. So um, those of us like myself that uh, healthcare has been something that we've been thinking about for a very long time, um, both professionally and as a Christian, uh, I would love to have that uh, that basic need. Um, something that you mentioned in your workshop today is that when you're worried about something as basic as healthcare and food, you can't flourish as a human being. And um, in my work, both as an advocate and, and both as somebody who actually uh, was a case manager for people who needed public assistance, food stamps, um, what's traditionally been considered welfare, cash assistance, um, and Medicaid, I saw people um, struggling to exist, let alone flourish. And so I, I got to see these folks on a, on a day-to-day basis and what their lives look like. So when it, when it was looking as if these folks might have finally have access to health care under the Affordable Care Act, and then the Supreme Court decided that it was optional, it was a bad day. Mm-hmm. It was a very bad day for those of us who had really seen a lot of hope in that um, very controversial policy. I, I have to acknowledge that. So there have been um, very loud groups fighting to get that Medicaid expansion in Utah um, since that became optional, I want to say in 2012. So it's been a bit. So a bunch of Utahns and some outside groups got together and they they ran a ballot initiative this year and they won. They actually got it. 53% of the vote throughout the state of Utah said, yeah, we want to give this benefit to our working poor. And the first day that the legislature opened, we only have a 45-day legislative session here in Utah. Um, our very conservative legislature said, no, no way. We're getting rid of it. Um, didn't seem to matter fiscal benefit, moral benefit, ethical, <coughs> nothing. No argument whatsoever could penetrate um, just philosophical opposition to this program and some compromise came about um there still will be some coverage for these folks but it's been a very disheartening week um for those of us who have been really fighting hard for this and that's i think i I wanted to highlight that particular struggle um as something where as a christian you're saying gosh i just want my brothers and sisters to be able to go get antibiotics for strep throat and not have it cost $300. Um, and you have another group saying, we're conservative, we care about the family, uh, we, we care about um, children, we care about uh, the less fortunate, but not this way. Mm-hmm. We want churches to take care of people. And I keep thinking, I just... Maybe going back to Ecclesiastes, which I've been reading lately, um, maybe I know too much. <laughs> <laughs> Crowdsourcing healthcare is not yeah. an efficient way right. Right. of doing it. And and I think you know 
you would agree with us, I'm sure, that we can argue about the different ways that we can get to certain certain goal ends, you know. So um, you know, the border wall thing, like everybody agrees you have to have border security. And, and that, of course, got used on both sides as this political football. And, and sometimes uh, one part of the message platform ideology seems to trump some of the some of the parts of the ideology that should be more basic. So I think you brought up a great example, like you're going to tell pro family left and right, left and right, left and right. And when there's some clearly pro family things, the ideology of this is you got to work for what you earn. And we're not going to trumps that my, my Protestant work ethic trumps a um, idea of being pro family. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, and to pick on, to, to you know, be, be fair here to, uh, from my point of view, it just boggles my mind that Democrats who are for the underdog would be pro-choice and not pro-life, you know, and it's both sides are, both things are complicated and stuff like that. But I go, to me, I just go, duh. But then I also, if, and, and truth be told, I probably lean towards Republican ideals more than you would. Um, although I just, you know, I just, they're all idiots. I, I just, you know what I mean? But you know, I, I go, I, I can be very liberal on certain things and very conservative on certain things. And I just, it's hard to find a home, but it is, but to check myself and say, there's some gaps for me. Clearly there's a gap in the ideology of the democratic party when it comes to pro-life. I, I just think so. There's some gaps for me too. And for me to check myself a little bit and have a, just a sliver of humility and and think things through through other people's mindset is just you know and we get this idea that like a capitalistic um america is what god intended well whoa hold on there for a second (laughs) we've skipped a few steps here you know and um so we all agree that there needs to be a social net and stuff and we can disagree on how much you go this way or that way, how did that accomplish and stuff like that. But can we just be a little decent? And I hate to pick up on all these little things that are controversial, but the, the, the Confederate flag bugs the heckin' bejeebus out of me, not because I'm such a bleeding heart liberal that I say, okay, every black person just falls apart when they see this, this, this Confederate flag. My point is that what I get frustrated about is your fellow Christians don't like the flag take the flipping flag down. <laughs> you know, I mean, can it just be as simple as that? And I get there's nuances there and stuff like that. But the darker, you, the, the deeper you get into those nuances of the history in this particular instance of the, of the South, man, I don't know if we really do want to go there very yeah. often. So um, there is, I get losing your heritage, but I also get, man, we got to move on a little bit here. And, and to me, it's just like, can't we just have the Christian decency to say there are Christians on the other side of this? This is not a huge deal. <laughs> like this is where I don't need to draw the line in the sand. I don't need to draw the line in the sand at okay. Healthcare is not a right. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll agree with you. It's not a right, but it's probably stinking pretty nice thing to do and decent thing to do for the whole group, and it's going to benefit us in a little bit. Can you just be a little bit more open minded? Right. You know? Yeah. And and it is the Christian thing to at least think about and do. And I hate that. Work for what you get. You know, you work and, and you're going to get what you deserve. 
seems to trump all these other virtues that are very basically Christian too. Yeah, I think um, what you mentioned about not feeling like you have a home, some, like, that n- neither fits. And I think so many of us feel that way. Uh, n- neither extreme fits. I-, I had a wonderful conversation with um, a colleague of mine who uh, works for the Catholic Diocese here in Utah. And I should probably explain that Utah is a fun place to be a Christian in some ways. And I'm not being sarcastic about that um, because you might have heard we're kind of in the minority here. (laughs) (laughs) And so we do have um, an interesting maybe camaraderie that that may not exist quite to the same degree in other states where um, you meet somebody in a grocery store and they compliment you on your cross necklace. It's almost like the fish in the sand of of Jesus day. Um, Like, Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, we share this. Interesting. And um, so this colleague of mine who works for the Catholic diocese, we've had this conversation about um, that. We are, we, we need our own sanctity of life party that believes in the sanctity of life from the womb to the grave Mm -hmm. that we want to protect unborn children because we believe that they are unborn children, but we also want to protect them once they're born and make sure that they have access to healthcare, education, um, mental health, food, nutrition, um, college, a, a, a livable wage, affordable housing, and that they don't have the option to end their life when it gets too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but that doesn't exist mm-hmm. because you traverse a couple of political ideologies from beginning to end mm-hmm. there, which makes it incredibly difficult where you want to protect unborn children, um, that you don't want abortion to be an option just as uh, birth control. Mm-hmm. Um, but those of us who are a, a little bit more liberal would also say, let's have lots of access to education then to, right. uh, and lots of access to healthcare mm-hmm. to make sure that, um, that unwanted pregnancies don't occur. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when, when a pregnancy does occur that, that the, that the parents, the mother in particular have all kinds of options to, mm-hmm. to encourage her to carry that child to term. It's almost as if you are looking at the issues and asking what's truth and what's good and not what does the party say. <laughs> yeah. That's, and it's, that's crazy town, Barb. It's crazy town. And the, at the end of the day, you know, be if you're civically minded and gosh, I am absolutely, if anybody wants to go tour the Capitol here in Utah and learn about lobbying their legislator. I'm like, I will take you, I will hold your hand. Like I am all about civic engagement. Um, but it is hard when you have to make those choices mm-hmm. about who do I want representing me? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that. I don't like where they stand on this position, but I like where they stand on this mm-hmm. one. And it, it, I mean, I, that's certainly true of all things. in yeah. life. But. Yeah. And that was very difficult. I was, uh, so with the whole Donald Trump thing, um, I couldn't stomach, Donald Trump, so I did not vote for him. I'm I'm okay saying this on, on air, but I had people that did, and and the, they were, they made a decision that said Supreme Court justices, Roe versus Wade. That's that's the only thing that whatever, and and I'm not going to uh, begrudge them for saying okay, this this 
this <laughs> trumps all other things. Could we find uh, a new word? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> for that. I don't know what the word is. We need to um, come yeah. up with something else. So, um, but you, you know, I, you, you're making a pact with, you know, who with that. And so it's, it, it's just so frustrating. And, um, I've always said that, and this is gross oversimplification and not true, I'm sure, but I'm like, I just want to go to the Democratic Party. I'm like, if you were pro-life, you know you'd run the world. Like, <laughs> like there'd be so many of us would be like, yes, you know, we will, uh, we will let you be socialists. <laughs> if you would just. If you would just stop. Um, but yeah, and so for, for the thinking Christian, it is, of course, very difficult. And, um, and I think for the message that I think you and I would like to give out to people is like, do not jump down someone's throat, whether you're a Democrat and you're like, how can you be Christian? Or you're a Republican Christian, you're like, how could you be a Democrat? That probably means, if you're a unicorn like you are, that probably means this is a pretty thoughtful person and maybe they should be the ones talking and you'd be the ones listening, even if you're going to disagree with, with, with certain things. As a, for a preacher, it becomes very difficult because we do not want to we do not want to obscure the gospel, and and yet at the same time, you know, it's right for us to speak out against, let's say, um, you know, um, speak in favor of being pro life. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, um, how do you balance that out without getting just totally whatever and. Not only that, but we want to be very careful that we don't fall into this social gospel kind of thing. And what has happened, I think, is um, preachers say, "Why don't you, why don't you preach not that just racism's wrong, but that's particular gross policy t- from the '60s all the way up until today that seriously promotes racism." Why don't you say that in the pulpit? Well, I can't do that because of pro because of it's going to turn into social justice and a social gospel, and the forgiveness of sins is going to be obscured. But you don't apply that for things on the right, and that's very obvious. So how do you do this? And I think vocation actually helps. This is what I was here in Utah to talk about. That I speak about the vocation of a politician as being as having integrity as in loving neighbor as in seeing and and seeing both sides and all that kind of stuff and and that's a way to navigate as a preacher without becoming political talking about these virtues and this integrity um and you don't have to also have in the bulletin call your congressman for such and such a thing um so i i i think it's helpful it's not it's not a silver bullet but I do think it's helpful just to think about in terms of vocation. This person is called to serve us in whatever you know political arena that is, and there there are certain things that we should hold them accountable to um, without getting met in into the weeds of policy. I don't know what you think about that, but no, I think I, I actually I, I love what you've said, and I think that um, I think it would be really easy, particularly. Lutheran ministers, I, I recently read, read, slogged through a few sections, A Tale of Two Synods, and okay. I was so glad I read it, and mm-hmm. I would love to meet Professor Brown someday, but it was, there was some deep, 
deep sections where like, I can make it through this, <laughs> power through. Um, but I did, what was interesting was that I, I actually inadvertently learned more about the history of the Lutheran Church in America, not just the LCMS and, and Wells and their issues, although that was certainly a part of it, just that the Lutheran Church has been careful, particularly the uh, the LCMS and Wells, to not be political, mm-hmm. which is actually something that has been quite attractive to me, mm-hmm. um, that that is not something that I have feared uh, stumbling over when I when I come to church. I know that I'm going to hear the gospel. I, I trust, as you mentioned before, not every pastor all the time, because certainly pastors are, are, are born into sin mm-hmm. like everybody else. Um, but I have uh, a better than average chance of, of hearing uh, the gospel at the end of the sermon. And um, that is an important part to me. It, you know, you mentioned the, the, social, the social gospel. Um, certainly, there are churches that would fit my husband and my um, more social justice proclivities outside of, of, of church. But the gospel is so desperately watered down mm-hmm. so often, um, and that I can't. That there's no no way I would mm-hmm. trade that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's and there are conservative churches that do the exact sure, same. Sure, sure, absolutely, yeah, it's not <clears throat> absolutely, uh, and, and certainly I've visited both. Um, so I think that it, it has been an interesting journey to um, to find that uh, I don't have to have uh, a lot of people that uh, feel like I do about certain social issues uh, in my church um, because we're all hearing the word of God and, and, and worshiping and praying and loving together. And um, that, oh, that word again trumps everything else. I'm going to work on a new word and yeah. propose that. <laughs> I don't think it'll be long. No. <laughs> Sorry, we're really not trying to pick on. No, we're not. We're trying not. to pick on. It's it's an easy target. It's, it's a an easy, big easy it's, target. It's just an easy target. It's like <laughs> it's like the comedians who are like, listen, I'm I'm not political, but I just want a dum dum in the office so that I can make jokes. This is, yeah, it's just too. It's too easy. Um, but yeah, I I uh, so yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me because I think it's. Um, it's, it's certainly one that I have a lot, and I, I would suspect that I am not the only um, old-timey Lutheran yeah. who, who grapples with this question. Right, and I think that our parishes need to be sensitive to that fact and not just assume, okay, these people are going to be thinking this way politically. And, and who knows, This is the church has been historically, but can be, again, a place where okay, we have this common thing, like you were talking about the Utah, you know, we have this common experience, this common thing, which breaks down barriers, which maybe we could actually talk to each other and hear each other out and think these things through and actually have true tolerance, which is we disagree with each other, but we're not going to hate each other. Yeah. And, um, and then who knows, maybe even then, of course, compromise in the legislative world where you say, okay, listen, I know this is not perfect from my for for my base or your base but this is probably we got to do something and this is good yeah um you would like dr brown by the way because he's fond of saying show me in the bible where it says that god's a (laughs) god's a republican please (laughs) i maybe i need to call him and have a conversation because i keep wondering 
why is capitalism so great? I just yeah. don't. Uh, yeah. and, and well, let me go back to healthcare for a minute. And let's see what kinds of miracles did Jesus perform by and large? Healthcare related. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some, <laughs> there's just a whole lot of nuance there where, you know, so I grow up born in the late 70s, 80s in California. I mean, Reagan's, Reagan's in, in, uh, in power. His, uh, his library was built like the next town over from where I grew up, you know, and, and this kind of, you, 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 you just drink that in and you just assume that capitalism is morally right, not just useful, but morally right. Right. Now I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a capitalist, but I am never going to say that this is like morally correct (laughs) and not going to say that there needs to be some balances there and that maybe it's not as great as I thought it was growing up in Southern California in the 1980s. Right. And I think that, you know, one of the things that um, I, I've had a lot of conversations with people about government, because certainly I will bash on government efficiency just as much as anybody else, because I, having worked for government for a bit, saw some things where I was like, really? Mm-hmm. You're going to spend money on that when you could be doing this? And um, But I think the interesting thing to remember about capitalism um, and the free market is that we are relying on good decisions of men. Mm-hmm. I'll say men. Wow, that mm-hmm. was terribly unfeminist of me. Mm-hmm. Humankind. <laughs> um, to make decisions about private corporations that will benefit the good of all. Are there? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there corporations that have decided that um, that they need to pay their workers well and provide things like health care and maternity leave, paternity leave, Yes, absolutely. Um, but it is a little scary to uh, rely on the welfare of people, uh, to leave that in the hands of people whose whose primary objective is profit. Right. And, you know, like when I, this is an example for for the conservative listeners out there who are ready to, you know. Oh, they're, they're sending me angry. <laughs> they're going to look for me. Yeah. On, I better yeah. shut my Facebook and Twitter down. But so when I look at the border wall, I think it's much to do about nothing like I get the I I get what Trump's doing here. He is riling. He he's he's getting trying to get reelected again, and um, so he's going to stoke fear about immigrants. And uh, so I see that the the liberal side of the critique of that. At the same time, I go, okay, it's a wall. There's going to be walls. We need to have border security don't give me this. Oh, if we had no walls, then we'd all hold hands and everything would be perfect kind of thing. Right. Nope. So, and everybody knows that everybody knows that in Washington, but this is a political football and they know there has to have border security. It is, this is a political show um, for the most part. <clears throat> I mean, there's some ideological differences there and certainly an anti, a xenophobic and racist thing uh, mindset needs to be eradicated. Um, but it's also similar on the conservative side with with certain things too. Um, what were we talking about before? I just lost my train of thought. What was your last thought? Capitalism, inefficient yeah. government. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so take your pick. Right. So the idea, like, when a Democrat, if someone, if someone on the leading left says, "If we didn't have any walls, man, everything would be great," 
is just as ignorant as the just let the free market go. Yeah. As if we have as as if as if there were not regulations going on there, if there was not corporate warf- welfare going on for centuries, as if there was not this going on. It's just such a simplistic message right. to say that. And it's, and it's not how it works or ever worked. Right. <laughs> right. And so it's just, we're not being as thoughtful as I think we can be. And um, so I'm glad there are people like you, Barb. These Thank you. unicorns, these, this, democratic well you seem Wells to be a people. bit of a unicorn yourself yeah. so well and you you've got a phd you've spent some time thinking you know, I, well I, what i spent time was giving money to schools to <laughs> give me degrees he did that uh, too yeah i gotta tell you you're still paying for it yeah i guess yeah i still gotta, I gotta tell you so i was teaching apologetics last week and uh so i were talking about worldviews and our worldviews how do you critique a worldview and and one of the things is does it match up with reality? And so I use a silly example. I'm like, let's just say I believe in a unicorn God who comes down and gives us cotton candy. Well, that's a check mark against that worldview because that doesn't match up with reality. And this uh, student um, took off her sweatshirt after class and had her shirt that said unicorns are real. (laughs) (laughs) And she's a fan of the show. Holly, Holly, uh, shout out to Holly. She's a fan of the show and it was hilarious moment. That's fantastic. um, She's a unicorn herself too. And, and, We'll, uh, we'll wear, we mean that in all the highest respect, it's a compliment. I, I yeah. have, um, it's been interesting with my job. Um, I, it's too hard to explain, but I will just say that I have been working for nonprofits for the last several years. And, um, and, and part of my job has been a lobbyist, which is always, you always think, you know, if you could mm-hmm. see my doing the money, mm-hmm. the money symbol. Um, so there are lobbyists that work for oil companies and get paid a lot to help get laws passed that help oil companies. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who work for Next to low income yes. folks Next uh, doing things like research on poverty. Um, so I have gotten to know particularly our state lawmakers and um, I, I have a couple that I have developed some good relationships with and some of them um we have our sort of conservative mecca is the county just to the south of Salt Lake City. It is Utah County. It is where Brigham Young University is located. Uh, it is traditionally considered you know, sort of the heart of, we call it Happy Valley, mm-hmm. um, kind of the heart of, of the, uh, I'll, I'll call them the formal Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, but I've gotten to know a couple of lawmakers very intentionally because I need to know where their heads are at. Mm-hmm. And it's been fantastic to sit down with somebody who I know their worldview is very different than mine mm-hmm. in many ways um, and say, tell me tell me why you think this way, mm-hmm. in a kind way, not in mm-hmm. a what is wrong with you kind of a way. Um, I, I recently went to a committee meeting and there was a woman uh, sitting behind me and a reporter approached her to ask her why she was there. We're also working on medical marijuana and the reporter assumed that everybody in the room wanted to talk about weed. Uh, (laughs) She was there with her three young children. She said, no, I'm here. Um, She didn't declare herself this way, but she's an anti-vaxxer. Okay. So shortly after I moved away from her and her three small children, I'm sorry, that's mean. (laughs) But but funny. Uh, She, I, I decided after the the meeting i had a bit of time to kill uh before my next meeting i actually decided to to sit and chat with a couple of folks who were there for that reason because i 
absolutely disagree with him on that point. Mm-hmm. But again, I feel like I am an absolute hypocrite if I try to be self-righteous about my own beliefs about things and not take the time to, to understand why other people mm-hmm. feel the way they do. So, um, well, we, that's fascinating. I, and I'm kind of sad that we're at our time here. Um, I would love to have you on again just to talk about lobbying, like just the nuts, and, <laughs> just the nuts and bolts of it, you know, I mean, cause you're disgusting, dirty, dirty work. Cause what, what, that's exactly what we think lobbyists are like. Part of me says, if we just got rid of the lobbyist, everything would be perfect. Well, how else are the, how else are the politicians going to know anything about anything unless someone comes up and tells them? It's true. And so, um, and, and not to get into like, okay, what, what, what laws should we apply? So that lobbyist is a little bit more, uh, responsible and stuff like that. But just actually, I think it would be fascinating to have a conversation with you about who you call when you're like, I want to talk to this senator sure, about absolutely. that would be fantastic. So next time I'm in Utah and the next time you're in Milwaukee, yeah, right. <laughs> right. you make it to Milwaukee. <laughs> I feel as if I should though. I feel, how have I been a lifelong Lutheran and never set foot in either Missouri or Wisconsin? You, you've not made your pilgrimage? Yet? I've not made my pilgrimage. This is one of the five pillars. I, I know that's something. I'm supposed to be going to Kansas City for a work trip. So I could... I could try to make it to St. Louis just for my childhood synod affiliation yeah, yeah. and, and uh, feel like I've really made it as a Lutheran you in do, that case. Yes, you do get um, get quite a few years out of purgatory for making those programs. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Um, no, we, we are kidding here. Of course, we are free and we are free to choose a political party. Um, we are free to... Um, in, just beautiful things to be engaged in this political system as ugly and as dirty as sometimes it can be. But what, what a gift that we have been given from God to even be able to have the passion to think and work and fight for, for what we think is, is right. Knowing that we are saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ and all will be well. And so with that freedom, we um, have the ability to go out into the world and let the bird fly. Absolutely. Let it fly. Every evening when the sun goes down, get with my party and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk, I'm just a drink. I set them up another round. I set them up another round. I set them up another round. One more round won't get me down.